Hi everyone, this is Klaatu, uh, this is Hacker Public Radio. I'm going to talk about the common Unix printing system, which uh, is a really versatile and flexible, or not flexible, but robust system for scheduling and spooling print jobs. Now there are front ends to CUPS that you can use you know, in GNOME or KDE and other other environments. But the neat thing about kind of getting familiar with both CUPS and, I guess, the, the way that something is printed is that no matter what system you're on, it, as long as it's Unix or Unix-like, chances are it's using the CUPS system in the back, in you know, somewhere in the background there. And if you're familiar with it, you can really juggle around, you know, printers and network printers and things like that. So, uh, CUPS was started back in 97. I think it was released officially in 99. And uh, it, it's been going strong ever since. And I think around 2007, Apple Computers, or Apple Incorporated, uh, purchased... Well, they, they hired the, the guy, the, the main developer of CUPS, and they purchased his, his company or the code, or whatever. I believe it's still under GPL2. I haven't seen anything about it not being under GPL2. So I, I think that it's all still GPL'd, but um, it is, uh, it's kind of the linchpin right now of how the Mac OS prints at all. If I'm not mistaken, early, early in OS X, like around, you know, 2000-ish, they were really, the, 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 when, when they switched over from OS 9 to 10, if memory serves correctly, they they had real problems printing. <laughs> they they did not have an, a really a good solution for printing yet, and that was kind of an issue, as you can imagine. Um, and from what I understand, Cups kind of saved them in a big way. It really really kind of helped them. So not surprising that they would want to, uh, I guess, own or pwn the uh, code that. Uh, that is cups. Regardless of that, of who who's funding it or whatever, um, it is something that you're going to find in most, you, I, I, probably every Linux distribution out there. Uh, BSD, you know, all the Unix and Unix-like systems are using cups. Cups typically uses or, or is able to use uh, the Internet Printing Protocol in order to get things done, and this means basically that you can set up a printer anywhere on your network and send jobs out to it pretty easily. Uh, so you, we're talking, you can, you can either put a, you know, you can set up a printer on your computer via a USB, uh, cable, or you can, you know, Ethernet the printer to a router or something, or USB it into a router. Um, you know, just to, whatever options you've got, as long as that printer has a, you know, there's a location for that printer, whether it's IP or like a socket. You're you can send a job out to it. Now, Cups is not a driver system. Cups is the scheduler and spooler, and this is where it kind of gets into sort of how does something get from you know your brain onto paper. Well, what happens is that you, as the user, send out a job to the scheduler or the spooler. In this case, Cups. It applies whatever filter it needs to apply to it meaning that it needs to understand what type of information you're giving it. You know, is it uh, text? Is it a graphic? Is it, uh, you know, does it need, is it vector? Is it bitmap? Does it need to be rasterized? 
all these different things. These are these are uh, these are filters, and the filters that you've probably heard of would be, for instance, like PostScript. But then there's other filters out there, like uh, well, Fumatic uses you know is a, f- a filtering system. Uh, GhostScript converts things to PostScript. A lot of different. I don't know if they're called backends. I guess they're just really f- filters that takes the data as the computer understands it and kind of translates it into an intermediary uh, format that that will that will kind of translate into printer data. Uh, the printer data is then sent to the back end, and there are many different back ends. There would be, like, if it's a parallel printer, the parallel protocol would be the, the back end serial, USB, uh, various network back ends like IPP, uh, JetDirect, also called AppSocket, um, Samba, uh, Line Printer Daemon, LPD. So, these proto- these backends actually get the data onto paper for you. Now, as you probably know, in order for your computer to be aware of a peripheral device like a printer, uh, it's got to have a driver loaded in into its uh, kernel. It, it needs to know uh, that that thing exists outside of itself. Now, CUPS is not, like I say, it's not the driver. It's just the scheduler and spooler. So before you go hooking up your printer to your computer, you're going to need to make sure that there's a driver. Now, luckily for us, most modern, most major Linux distributions already have sort of the catch-all drivers included in them. And the the catch-all drivers uh, that typically are going to make a printer run, you know, practically no matter what, are things like Gutenprint, and Fumatic. Both of those do really well with getting, you know, recognizing that yes, this device is a printer. It's going to understand, you know, a certain number of sort of common commands or, or common common calls, and and so it will, you know, we can you can these days you can pretty much plug a printer in um, to either a Linux box or uh, even a Mac box, and is, if you go through cups, you, you know you'll probably find some kind of driver that you can use to drive this printer, and you can just start printing. So it's it's really it's getting pretty easy at this point uh, in most cases, at least in the cases that I've used. I'm, I don't use very fancy printers, so if you're if you're a publishing house listening to this, you might think I'm crazy. The difference between, for instance, the kind of the, you know, the Gutenprint and the Fumatic kind of generic, I guess, drivers would be that they, they're not going to necessarily, they're not going to necessarily give you all the fancy bells and whistles that the printer might have advertised. So, for instance, you've got the, uh, you know, if you've got like a a printer that does, I don't know, let's say, uh, dupe. Uh, it prints on both sides of the paper. I think that's called duplex. I could be wrong. Um, if you've got a printer that does that, well, if the printer company m- wrote a Linux driver for it, then when you plug that printer into either Linux or or Windows, they're both going to give you that option. You're going to be able to do both sides of the paper. Or maybe there's a special sepia filter so that you can just print your photo and it'll look like one of those aged sepia tone photos. If you're not using the company driver and you're just using one of these generic ones, it might not it might not have that functionality. It might not know about the, the dual 
both sides of the paper. They might not know about the sepia filter, you know, things like that. So if you want all the bells and whistles, you're going to want to check with the company, see if they've got Linux drivers. You might want to do that before you go out and buy a printer, because otherwise, you, you know, you'll you'll load the company drivers on your Windows box, and you'll have all kinds of functionality, and then you'll be using a generic driver from the Linux box, and you're going to notice that some things are not there, and that's the reason. So driver research is probably not a bad idea before you go buying a printer. Um, if you're like me, you don't really care. All you want to do is be able to print some text on paper. So one good resource, if you're not like me, is openprinting.org. I think it's openprinting.org, yeah. Go to openprinting.org. That's a page hosted by the Linux Foundation. Lots of information about drivers, compatibility, uh, you know, the generic drivers versus non-generic, all that good stuff. So it's also got a pretty good section on, on cups, by the way. But here we are talking about cups, and we haven't really talked about cups yet. So let us talk about cups. So cups, the easiest way to interface with it, I find is just directly with the, the built-in little interface that they provide you. Um, like I say, GNOME and KDE, I'm pretty sure, have front ends for this, but why poke around in a front end to a front end when you can just poke around in the front end? So if you want to look at cups, just open up a browser, go to 127.0.0.1, which of course is your loopback address, so it's your own computer, so it's 127.0.0.1 colon 631. So you're looking straight down the port, the 631st port of your very own computer in your browser. And it'll bring up what looks like a little web page. And it'll be a welcome page at first. And there are a series of tabs up at the top. And one is administration. If you click on administration, uh, you will find... Uh, now, at this point, you'll want to have your printer plugged in. Uh, and you will find that it knows that you want to either add a printer, find a new printer, or manage printers that you've already added in the past. Now, if you've never added a printer yet, you can click on the Find New Printers, and it will actually find, really, most printers that you have access to, whether it's the one that you just now plugged into your USB port, or whether it's one sitting off in the living room plugged into your router. It's really pretty diverse. It's um, not diverse. It's uh, pretty robust. It's pretty clever that way. And if you do that, if you just tell it, okay, find new printer, it will. It might ask you some to, to identify what driver you want to use with that printer. And then you just click on Add Printer, and next thing you know, you have added a printer to your system. And Cups is now aware of it and will create a spool for it. And when you go to print. That will be one of your options, or it might be the only option if that's the only printer you've got. But um, that that's it's technically speaking as easy as that. If if you just click on Find New Printers, it will very frequently auto-detect the printers on your network or your local printers plugged into your directly into your computer, and there won't be a whole lot more to do with it. But let's assume for the moment, because if we didn't, it would be a short episode. Let's assume for a moment that. We've got that we've got something that is not being auto detected, and so I'm going to print. I'm going to plug this Canon printer in, and I'm going to click on Add Printer, and it says, "Okay, name the printer." So I'm going to. This is a Pixma, a Canon Pixma 6220. So I'm going to call it Pixma 6220. It, it wants to know the location of the printer. This is human readable, so the name of it, Pixma 6220. That I mean that 
is human readable, but it should also be computer friendly. So don't don't you you're not going to use spaces or special characters or anything like that. I'm just going to call it Pixma sixty two twenty. Very simple. The location that you want to call it something human readable. This is for your information only. It's just literally where the locate where is the printer. In this case. It's right here on my desk, so I'm just going to put desk. But if, if it was maybe out in a living room or something, I might want to put, okay, this is the one in the living room. And then there's the description, and that, again, is just for your information. So this might, I might want to put, like, this is my Canon photo printer, you know, that I got, let's say, for Christmas, whatever. Make it, you know, as technical or, or not as you want. Now it, you say continue, and then it asks you, okay, well, what kind of device is this? In... Your your options are going to change are going to differ depending on how friendly your printer is. You know, um, now in this case, in my drop down menu, there is a selection right here: Canon IP six two two zero USB printer, and that's that's correct. That is the printer that I want to use. So I'm going to go ahead and select that. In other cases, you might not get so lucky, and you might have to uh, you might have to uh, just say okay. This is a you know this is a this is a printer on my network. So it's I'm going to use the IPP protocol. That's what I usually use if it's a network printer. Um, but we'll go over that in a minute. And then it asks for the make and the manufacturer. So I'm going to select Canon. And then it says okay, what driver do you want to use? There's a huge list of Fumatic drivers that I would never. I mean, I, the 6220 is not in here. It's a I guess maybe it's a fairly new printer. But it gives me a good couple of good guesses as to which one to use. It recommends one. I'm just going to go with their recommendation. They've never been wrong before. And then it says uh, the printer has been successfully added. And then it gives me a, an option screen on various defaults that I can set, like the media default media size, you know, either U.S. letter or like A4, you know, just whatever your default paper size is media source, you want it from the tray, or do you want it from the manual feed, two-sided printing, is that, I, I guess that that is an option here, duplexer, not installed or installed, I have no idea what a duplexer is, banners, policies, what, what to do on an error, should I, if it, if there's an error, should I stop the printer entirely and, and wait for more instruction, or should I abort the job altogether, should I retry the job, things like that, so you can set printer options there. Now, after you do that, it should take you, um, yeah, it takes you to basically your list of printers, I think. Either that or it just takes you to that one printer. But uh, you should see that printer listed. It should be, you know, I've got this Pixma 6220, uh, the description, Canon photo printer that I got for Xmas, location desk. See, this is all the stuff that I entered. Printer driver is the Fumatic, the S400 Fumatic. Uh, printer driver, generic, recommended. Printer state is that it's idle, it's accepting jobs, and it's published, meaning that, yes, it is on the network and everyone is able to see it. And then the device is listed as uh, HAL, uh, freedesktop.org, slash, big old long thing. So, basically, that's just saying that it knows the physical location of it, it's ready to go, it's got a driver loaded. And to see if I'm actually correct about this, I could hit print test page, and uh, at that point you would start hearing the printer gearing up to uh, to print the test page. And you'll also see it 
if you click on show all jobs it will show you that you've just sent a test page to your printer and it will show you the status of it. Now if it says it was completed and it hasn't actually completed there's something wrong and you might want to go back to administration uh, and either try to find a new printer you know maybe maybe it will just detect it on its own that's the again the easier way or you can go back to the Pixma 6220 modify printer and it'll take you through the whole thing again and, and maybe maybe you entered the device wrong or maybe you chose the wrong driver or something like that but very rarely have I had a problem with any of that it, it seems like this kind of stuff especially if you let it do a lot of the thinking for you it just kind of works it's really cool so now let's say that we want to get a little bit more creative and we want to instead of having the USB printer plugged straight into our computer maybe we've got some kind of router with a USB jack in it or maybe we've got a um, maybe we have a printer with a US uh, with a ethernet uh, port on it um, or whatever and that's fine because what you can do in that case is use the internet printing protocol IPP and this will help you discover your printer on your network now again if you go to the administration tab and you just if you, as long as your printer is plugged in and turned on um, then if you find new printers chances are it's going to find that printer for you and you don't have to really think about it that much but if not you might want to let's say that you plug your your laser printer you know into your router with the ethernet cable uh, you should be able to find the IP address of that printer either on the printer itself not written on it but like in the menu in the printer menu um, or on your routers uh, in your within your routers information like the D DHCP list where it's showing what IP addresses it's handing out it'll sh it should show you that yes it's got a printer attached with the IP address of you know 192.168.1.11 or whatever so that would be the IP address of that printer so you would say add printer well first you'd say find printer and see if it can just find it because that would make it really easy uh, so name let's call this one uh, Pixman net location will say well it's actually still on my desk but let's just pretend like it's in the other room let's say that this is in the uh, the office and then description uh, we'll call this the Canon photo printer on the network and the device that you want to use for this would be the Internet Printing Protocol, IPP. And then you say continue. Now it's asking you for the socket, or the, I guess I guess it's the URI. I don't really know what that stands for. I think it might mean the Uniform Resource Identifier. Pretty slick Googling there. Um, so you put IPP colon slash slash, and then, you know, you can do it by the host name. I just do it by the... Um, you know, by the, the by the IP address. So there you go. And then you say continue. And then again, it asks you, okay, who made or manufactured this? It's still Canon. The driver can be the exact same. It's the Fumatic S400. Maybe that's 5400. I don't know, but whichever one it just now recommended to me. That's what I usually use. Uh, and then again, you've got your set the printing options. So I can do whatever I need to do there. On the error, I'm going to just say abort the job so that I don't hold up everyone on the network, you know, waiting for my job to complete. And I'll set the printer options. And again, it takes me back to 
to my list of my, to, to that printer as it's been set up. It shows all the device. It says it's idle. It's accepting jobs. Uh, I can print my test page again. I can modify it, whatever I need to do, set it as the default, you know, just whatever. Now, the other tabs at the top of the, of the, uh, of the page here, one is classes, and one is documentation, and then one is jobs. Jobs is obviously where you go to see the active print jobs in, uh, in, in, in the spool, in the queue. And then classes is basically, if you want, uh, if you have a, a cluster of, you know, if you have a print center, you can add the IP address of, for instance, a print server to to the classes, and then you can, you know, instead of just identifying a single printer, you can identify the class. I have never used that, so I couldn't really tell you much about it. If you're setting up a print center, you'll probably want to do a lot more research than just listening to my um, Hacker Public Radio episode on it. Unfortunately, I'm not that much of a printing geek, but for sure, um, CUPS is a very powerful way to get your printers uh, identified to your computer and kind of routed around, you know, your network so that you've got access to all the all the printers on your network. And like I say, this is one of the most direct ways of doing that, at least in my opinion, is just going straight to, you know, localhost colon 631 and and just setting it up all in here. And it's really cool because no matter what system you're on, you can open up a browser, Conqueror, Firefox, Safari, you know, whatever um, browser you've got on that Unix or Unix-like system, open it up, go to localhost colon 631, there's all your printer lists, you have full access to all the drivers that are installed, um, and you've got, you can manage the jobs, you can kill jobs, you can add jobs, uh, you can modify the printers, just whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't really, you know, it's just a very direct way of, of, of managing the, the printers around your, your network. Um, if you're not sure of where your printer is located, um, you know, like I say, usually investigating in the, in, within the router to see if it's distributing an IP address helps. Or possibly, like, if you've got, if you're doing a, a print server kind of setup, well, you, you'll probably know if you're doing a print server setup. So, really, the, the, the biggest variable, I think, is just knowing, knowing the physical location of the printer. So, if it's IPP, it's, it's an IP address. If it's USB, there's usually a selection for USB. It, it's, generally speaking, something that HAL is doing. It's an automatic detection kind of thing. So, that's usually what it is. Yeah, I've never really had a problem identifying the location of the printer, actually. Just let CUPS do the work for you. It's they, they, they give you the option of letting it find the printer for you for a reason, because it really, really does work pretty well. So give that a shot. You can uh, use CUPS to also turn your, turn your computer, you know, sort of into a print server, um, which... You know, again, I, I don't really know a whole lot about that kind of stuff, so I'm going to leave that to either someone else or to you to explore. But um, it's a really cool system. It works remarkably well. Um, very frequently I find myself using CUPS as opposed to whatever other solution 
you know, some printing company or computer company claims to have to, to give you, you know, basically the same functionality that, that CUPS will give you. So definitely uh, check it out, get familiar with it. It's a really handy kind of universal thing to know, um, and it's, it, it really works. It works really well. Oh, and keep in mind, please, that uh, Hacker Public Radio is always looking for new uh, hosts, and looking for new episodes, really. Uh, Hacker Public Radio is a great way to get out some podcasting energy uh, without the commitment, you know? So have a one-night stand with Hacker Public Radio. It's, it's really, it's, it's a good thing to do, honestly. So, um, you know, throw us an episode. You've probably got some knowledge that someone else doesn't have, so record that knowledge, send it to us, we'll slap some music on it, and play it, and people will love it. So, bring it on. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs. by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.